Hello everyone, and welcome to Mightier Than The Sword podcast. The podcast where we break down, relate real-life perspectives, interpretations, and influences on quotes said or written about your favorite heroes throughout history. Superhero motivation, superhero inspiration, because we are superheroes. What's up guys, welcome back, I'm your host Ryan, and this is episode 23. This episode we delve into the world of Harry Potter, and tackle it from the first book, or the first movie, The Philosopher's Stone, with this quote. It takes a great deal of bravery to stand up to your enemies, but a great deal more to stand up to your friends. This line pops up at the end of the first Harry Potter movie, In the scene, Dumbledore has just announced that it looks like Slytherin has won the House Cup. Damn you, you suspiciously, justifiably, evil household, of which I can only assume you all must be bad people. But, oops, silly Dumbledoreable has, of course, forgotten to award some extra points. To his own house. Last minute. For the win. As Dumbledore gives Harry, Ron, and Hermione a whole mess of points and allows, you know, Gryffindor to just be a little shy of that victory, here we go. There are all kinds of courage, Dumbledore said, smiling. It takes a great deal of bravery to stand up to your enemies, but just as much to stand up to your friends. I therefore award 10 points to Mr. Neville Longbottom. Yay, Neville conveniently saves the day, but... Dumbledore apparently knows that Neville tried to stop Harry, Ron, and Hermione from sneaking out of Gryffindor dorms earlier to foil Voldemort's plot, so sure, Neville turned out to be wrong, granted, sure, but Dumbledore recognized this, and it must have been tough to stand up against his friends, and to have backed off. Thus, Neville, yes, he's awarded the points to Gryffindor that they need to win the House Cup, the Great Hall explodes into cheers, and Draco Malfoy slinks off to write a really bad letter to his dad complaining. Now, all jokes aside about the convenient point allocation, Neville's 10 points were far more credible than what Ron's were. I mean, let's be honest, Ron won 50 points winning a chess game. Nice. He actually achieved something far more difficult, Neville did. Now, this is where we go. Conflict is an odd thing. We usually try to avoid it, especially with those that we have a close bond with. And at times we even support things that our friends and family may do that we don't really align with, agree with, or just we think they're playing wrong. Just so we can fit in or be in their good books. Obviously, this isn't really good. In fact, as friends and family, we have to sometimes tell the ugly truth just to lead them on the right path. Sometimes tough love is the answer. It may not be easy, but it's the right path to take. But why is it so difficult? Humans are social animals. Back in the cave, it was dangerous for human beings to go back, uh, to go against the pack. If you got ostracized or exiled, you lost protection of the group. You were as good as saber-toothed tiger food. We have those herd instincts, right? We still have them. When our closest pack mates, our friends, our loved ones, and our colleagues 
all seem aligned or against us, that kind of peer pressure is almost impossible to brush off. It's an extraordinarily painful position to find yourself in, especially when you feel like you can't disappoint or alienate yourself from the group, especially for the ones that you care about the most. So I put this to the Instagram page and asked for some input from you guys. When was the last time you didn't align or agree with a family member or a friend and had to stand up to them? Why? And what happened? With some permission, these are some of the answers that I'll share with you now. Our first person. I moved away from my family when I was 18. In my family culture, in brackets Italian, it's not unusual for kids to stay with their parents until they're married. So this was a little shock to my parents when I wanted to leave, but it created independence for me. And wow, was I exposed to a whole new world. I kind of found out that I was a bit of a bigot and would usually, oh sorry, would easily judge someone on their choices or lifestyle. I think this was heavily influenced from my traditionalist style family home. I made a friend at uni who was a part of the LGBTQ plus community. My family would have them over for dinner regularly as I would invite them. It wasn't until they actually found out the orientation of my friend that they refused to have them over in our household. I didn't know how to break this to my friend, so I didn't tell them, and I just made up excuses like, oh, it's a full table, or I have extended family staying over. It wasn't until my parents actually went as far to forbid me interacting with that friend that I stood my ground, which resulted in a massive fight. It's odd how strong one is with their ideologies. It sounds bad, but I still reflect that maybe even my ideologies are extreme because I'm equally as stubborn defending being right for the people as they are being right for their religion and their beliefs. As they're being focused on supporting a com- uh, as I'm being s- s- focused supporting on a community and I'm not even part of it and they're just protecting what they've known for many many years. How does one break or even meet in the middle of this situation? Did I outgrow my family or did I, uh, was I influenced so far from my original beliefs I just forgot what I really align with? That's pretty impactful. Uh, appreciate you sharing that one. I'm not going to be the one to answer that question for you, but that does sound like a tricky position, but good on you for standing up for equality and what you believe in, definitely. Uh, the second person said, my family pick up uh, my family pick up on my child's weight all the time. My son isn't fat, isn't obese, and isn't even close to it. But they won't let him enjoy any food unless it's fruit, and he's four, for God's sake. After I stood up to them, they cracked it and called me a bad father. Needless to say, we don't go there for dinner often anymore. That's a tricky position, but once again, good on you for being, I'm going to say, a good father and standing up for your kid. And the third person, I feel like I'm stopping a lot of fights lately, like physical ones. When we were kids and teens, I guess there was always the odd scruff, mostly stemming from bullies. I feel like I'm too old to deal with that bully shit these days, and even when my friends get involved, I'm the one telling them to back off from the other person, especially when they take hazing or insults too far. It all starts with us, right? Well... These are just three of the ones that it sent in, and I thank you all for those who actually did send, uh, did send in something, so I really appreciate that. These are re, uh, three really solid examples of the courage it takes to stand up to one's friends and family. Imagine in these scenarios if they didn't stand up for what they believed in or didn't stand up to their friends or their child. Where would it escalate to? 
And what what uh, example or role model would that really show to them? Dumbledore's words, which, let's relate this back. Dumbledore's words here mean even far more than what we as the reader or viewer of the movie expected initially, especially when reading it from being the first book or movie. Because we later learn in the last book of the series, and I believe it's the last movie, that Dumbledore failed to, to stand up to one of his own friends, the dark wizard Grindelwald, until it was far too late. So was Dumbledore reflecting on Neville's abilities to stand up to his friends? That's pretty, that's pretty deep. This clearly hit home for him. Even the most powerful wizard of all time, correct me if I'm wrong, please don't, but I think he is, wasn't able to achieve this feat. This is also probably why the Gryffindor sword also appeared to Neville in the last battle in the last movie. Only a true Gryffindor will receive it in a time of need. It recognized his bravery and his courage. So, despite what house you're selected in or what house you identify as, there's always this Gryffindor in us. A great deal of it actually looks at our choice and how we act and stand up for what's right, what's ethical, to always be honest, to always try your hardest, and always to remember what you stand for. I think this is what was really important in this film. Neville Shaw was this little sniveling kid who forgot his coat and had a rememberal, but I feel like there was something in this that really hit home. And I appreciate those sending through this quote and asking me to talk about it, because I think he kind of nailed it on the head with this one. Well, that's our journey for Hogwarts for today. I know it's a short podcast, but coming back into it, I really want to focus on really nailing these as quick as I can and getting you guys a, a nice impactful drive home or drive to work or even just sitting there working. But I wanted to thank you for all those who contributed to this episode. I really appreciate it. If you would like to share your opinion and contribute uh, and be a part of these podcasts in the future, just follow Mightier Than The Sword on Instagram. And, and when I post on the stories, you'll see that I'll prompt for answers. Feel free to answer whatever you like. And thank you for all those who are even here right now listening to this episode. This, it's the continuous engagement that you guys all do and you guys continue to listen that keeps me going. So once again, super appreciate it. And uh, hopefully I'll see you on the next episode. I'm your host, Ryan, and this is Mightier Than The Sword.